This is a podcast for the moments in life you say to yourself, now what? We will uncover hard topics such as fertility, infertility, the challenges it can bring to women in marriages, miscarriages, abortion, womanhood, identity, motherhood, and more. Wherever you're listening, we're so glad you're here. Now here's Kristen Comstock. Hey guys, this is Kristen Comstock with the Now What Podcast, and we are here to continue our conversation with Pam. So just want to give you guys a quick summary of the Now What Podcast. We are here to talk about some of the hard topics like sexual traumas, adoption, infertility, fertility, motherhood, womanhood. We're here to talk about all those topics. And so we previously um, talked with Pam Walsh, who um, has experienced young childhood sexual and physical traumas. Um, And so just to give you guys a summary from last time. So if you haven't listened to the previous episode, we encourage you to go listen to that first. But just to give you a quick summary, um, Pam had experienced at one point four different traumas from men, three of which were family members and three of which were living in your home at the time, um, two of which uh, were sexual abusers and then um, your father, who was more of a physical, emotional, and mental abuser. Um, and so, and then entered in a fourth abuser who was um, the bus driver to drive you to Sunday school. And so you had four abusers. And so at this point, we really talked about you up into the age of 12 or 13. Your um, mom had, fi- your grandfather, who was a sexual abuser, finally uh, left and was sentenced and went to prison. And your mom finally got the courage to leave your father, who was a physical abuser to both you and your mother and other siblings. Um, and so now here we are. You're, um, you had moved to Texas for a short period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, and your brother came with you and the abuse continued. And we talked about that at the end of the last episode and so now we're in texas and you convince your mom because as a young child you want what you know that's right in texas you didn't know you were in a different environment you were living in a different place your mom was still working really long hours and you were still experiencing abuse from your brother and so you convince your mom to move back leave texas and go back to what you knew that's right. Was home. That's right. Um, and so you move back and you you guys move in. You you had moved a lot in your young childhood years and you finally move into your very first apartment, which really felt like your very first like real home, right? It was the nicest place we'd ever lived in. Okay. Air conditioning, it was clean, it was yeah. So you move back. And yeah. you're really excited. A yeah. new start, a fresh start. I'm assuming, and correct me if I'm wrong, your thoughts were maybe this time it will be different. For sure. Yes. Innately hopeful. <laughs> That's <laughs> me. Right. I, and, I, and I'm so grateful for that. So we did come back. Um, now this time, it is now just two of the girls uh, back so it's just myself and my younger sister. 
and the siblings have now moved on and now it's just my mother my father and you and your younger yes sister and, and actually my older second older sister was actually meant to move in with us that weekend as well when okay we came back um but sadly um she committed suicide um and so so how long had you been back oh just i mean it was just a week or so so just a few days you're back you don't even have probably furniture and beds yet we have one couch so we have nothing in our room so i am asleep on the couch my younger sister is on the floor below me um and i wake up to the sound that i had never heard um and once i finally come to it's the sound of my father crying Mm. and uh and you had never heard that before i had never heard that noise before um and so sadly my um my molder sister um sandra um had um taken her life um just from struggling with um you know a lot of mental differences a lot of traumas as well and yeah so just to give the listener a perspective or a view a look into your life at the time you went through years of trauma from essentially the from the very first moment you can remember anything as a young child up into 12 some of the abuse, most of the abuse completely stops. Grandfather sentenced to prison. You guys up uproot your lives essentially. Leave your leave another abuser yeah. completely. You move. You finally are coming back to, to what you know as home. And you're like, here's a fresh start. Yeah. And within days, days. enters another, a new trauma. Right. And a different kind of trauma. Right, right. So tell me a little bit about that as far as, you know, you're you're 13, 14 at this point. Yeah, I'm 14. So so you're old enough to understand what's happened, but how did that affect like your heart and like what did you understand at the time? Well, what I understood after my sister took her life was um, she had taken it partly because of everything that had been done to her and then just absolutely having no hope that it would ever be different. Um, I was angry. I was angry at my sister, but I was very, very angry with my father. Mm -hmm. And so that fueled for me this vow that my father as long as I could live. And I was 14, and he had driven out every sibling Mm. by the time they were 15. So every, just a pause there, every other sibling besides you and your younger sister had left and ran away, essentially ran away from home, because they're not an adult yet. That's right. at 15 Mm -hmm. so all of them based on whatever and again we're not going to go through their story because we don't fully know them but whatever abuses or things that they had experienced up until that point was enough to drive them away and coming from the environment and life that you came from i can only assume there weren't very many options as far as where they were going to go no 
right? No, not at all. The addictions, all the the cycles all continue. The sexual sexual cycles, addiction cycles, abuse cycles, it it all just continued. Yeah. Um, And so I just was uh, so mad that I made vows that I said, number one, I would never see my father ever touch my mother again, physically abuse her. And number two, um, he was stuck with me until I was 18. So, and that's that's actually another layer that we haven't even talked about was the the trauma of watching either siblings or your mom be abused. I mean, that's a trauma in it. That's another layer to the the childhood traumas that you experience. Right. That you're layering. And so you made a vow. One, it's not going to happen again. So that's you right. had understood at this point in time, I am old enough to stop it. I that's am right big enough if you even really were but in your mind I am big enough for sure stop it for sure um and then also you weren't gonna do what your other siblings did which was leave the home so I'm interested I understand the I'm I'm not gonna ever let him hurt my mom again I get that vow can you explain a little bit more about the second yeah because I can only imagine if I was in your situation I'd do the same thing that your siblings did Right. Which was leave. Right. But where they left was not good either. Mm-hmm. My my brother went to the streets and he went to drugs. Mm-hmm. Ultimately enlisted in the army. That was a terrible decision on his part. Because mm-hmm. he was not about authority at all. He was hurt <laughs> right, authority. Right, 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 right. Uh, my other sister, couch surfing. Mm-hmm. Uh, relationship to relationship end up going into an industry that just what exploited her mm-hmm. um my older sister the one that uh, ended up taking her life uh, again same thing roommate to roommate uh, job to job homelessness just which you're not in the safest environment i'm not and in the so safest environment she experienced some trauma she experienced her own traumas oh, from not being in safe environments right. a, uh unfair Oh, yes, a lot more traumas. Um, and so I just said, well, why should I be the one to leave? If he's not going to protect me as my mm-hmm. father, then I can hold him to the law. And so I just had this switch in my head. Also, I, I honestly, I desperately wanted to protect my mom. Mm-hmm. I had started to humanize her and see her as a very broken young lady and little girl and did you feel any guilt um, that she finally left your father and then you convinced her to move back? Did you experience any guilt for convincing her to do that and then the same behavior continued? I did. It was very, it was momentary. It was very momentary because this is what happened in right. such a short time. I begged her to come home. And she'll tell you she came back because of me. Now, remember, I look like my dad. I'm the only one. And so there was this favoritism. I, it, it, I, I tell you, it's, it doesn't sound like it. The best fa- <laughs> the most favoritism in your house that if you I'm, would if see. If anyone's getting it, it's going to yeah. be me. Because, yeah. Just simply because I had red hair. But um, uh, I, we come home my sister passes away i'm very angry because i don't want the same fate not only for myself or for my younger sister i don't want the same fate for myself to be pushed out of a house onto the street and so 
the abuse that so within a week of after that maybe two after my sister's funeral uh, my parents were arguing in the living room about me about my room (laughs) it wasn't clean and so i was sent to my room now yeah let's just pause let's just let's jump into step outside of the situation for a minute right and let's just jump into re real reality of a teenager yeah what teenager's room is clean like i'm just gonna say i would throw my clothes behind this like little love seat i had in my room because i thought my mom wouldn't know that i basically hid all of my dirty stuff so my point is they're arguing about something that in a healthy home life environment you might get in trouble for but it wouldn't necessarily be a knockdown, literally knockdown, right. drag out fight over. Right. And the fight was on my mom's, my mom's argument was she's a straight A student. She's doing well in school. She does her chores. So her room isn't clean. Mm-hmm. But that wasn't. Which is a good argument. It's a great argument. I have children now. It's a good argument. Right. Sometimes you got to pick your and, battles. And regardless of all the other traumas that that your mom may or may not have known about, right? You just experience a major trauma of not only losing a sister or a sibling at a young at an age that you shouldn't lose a sibling to, right? Uh, but to suicide, right? So that's a major trauma. Yeah, I'm blaming my father. And so your and room's I, messy. My room is messy. And we are we have found our way back to domestic abuse. Okay. Uh, everyone's hurting in the house. Um, but from my pers- my point my vantage point I'm in my room. And reminder you made this vow. I've made this vow. I'm not ever going to see the abuse happen. I'm not going to see him hit her. Abuse uh, the, it's not just physical. Right. So I, but I, I made the physical abuse. I felt I'm 14 and somehow I became v- uh, very invincible in my head. <laughs> Redhead, stubborn, right. call it whatever you want right. to. Um, I was sent to my room. I was peeking out of the door. Um, again, this is, we've, this is just weeks after moving back from Texas. My sister has died. Um, and my mom's back is to me. And I can see my father yelling at her. Um, And my mother had a frying pan in her hand. Southern. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Kentucky, shout out. Uh, And it was a cast iron. It wasn't just a frying pan. She had the real cooking pan. She had a full-on weapon. Yeah. And um, I, I knew it was in her hand. But the next thing I saw is my mom fall backwards. And so I immediately said i thought okay he's hit her Mm -hmm. so this is it here's my time i charge out uh, out of my bedroom and i run over and i hit my father uh not i mean i punched him wow um what happened well after the shock uh for just a moment um and my mother's shock as well uh he charged after me he, mm. he was coming for me, screaming he was going to kill me. And so my mother had just put herself in between us. Um, again, I'm so scrappy. I'm I mean, screaming. she really l- l- 
literally her life. risking her life because he's swinging at me. He's right. trying. He is doing everything he can. And I'm just screaming, just get out. Just get out. Like, we're done. Right. We're done. And so he did leave for uh, not a very long time. Short period of time. Maybe a couple days. Um, and he came back, didn't speak to me for one month. Um, finally, I went to him at the dining room table and I said, are you ever going to speak to me again? And he says, I can't even look at you. I'm so disappointed because you hit your father. And I thought, you're right. I should not have ever hit you. Um, but in that moment, the physical abuse, it stopped. Mm. It was done. Mm. It was done. So now we move into you're a teenager. Yeah. You're becoming a woman. Yeah. Or you have become a woman. You're on your journey to becoming a woman. Right. And you're experiencing all the things you experience when you're a young woman. And you have all these abuses and traumas that we've described. And at this point, you really want to experience escape your family life yes. and the memories of blank, fill in the blank, based Absolutely. on everything that we talked about. That's right. And all the things that we haven't even covered. Yeah. Um, You've got siblings that have run away. Yes. You have lost a sibling and you've already decided you aren't going to run away. Right. Which leaves you not very much room. Like, what are we doing with all the things that we've experienced and how are we blocking this out? And so we're leading into what we're going to talk about, which is the promiscuity. Right. And so this is really the ripple of the traumas, if That's you will. Right. This, this is the, the trauma was the punch or the wave. And now we're talking about the after effects. Right. So talk to me about um, specifically kind of the start of the promiscuity. And promiscuity is not necessarily always, you know, when we say promiscuity, we think, oh, well, they're just sleeping around or they're just, you know, having sex with all these different people. But promiscuity is not necessarily always um the person's fault or doing if you will sometimes it's just looking for that affection which can lead to other things that's exactly what it is it's looking for love in all the wrong places right and with all the with the the right intentions but the the wrong behavior um but i didn't know different right behavior. and I again you hadn't had those healthy relationships yeah. modeled for you right and i want to do a really good job and i and i appreciate you being so vulnerable because i i even i know people that have gone through something similar that have never told i mean i'm one of like maybe three people they've ever told mm -hmm. um and so i want to really bring awareness to what we're about to talk about because it's not really talked about and it's really important and so tell me about the process that you went into to escape your current reality and your past realities, you had this moment where you chose to lie to your mom 
and told her you were working or that you were doing something and you were actually going to a party. So tell me what ended up happening from there. My first party. My first, I was so excited. And I was barely 16. I might have been just now 16. And I had a job and I had a friend who invited me over uh, or invited me to a party at a boy's house. And I got there and it was so fun. There was music, people were dancing. Two, I, two things that you absolutely love. Love, <laughs> love. Um, and so um, I, the, I wanted to stay longer. I knew I wouldn't be able to stay too late. But so I called my mom and lied to her and asked her if I could spend the night at this girl's house. Um, and that was not the truth. Right. And so um, just so I could stay longer at the party, um, I, sh- I, sh- I convinced her that I was going to have a sleepover. Mm. Put down the phone and I thought, oh, this is it. Uh, this is I'm just going to continue to have fun. This is what a normal teenager looks like. Right. So I pick up my solo cup and uh, I start dancing again to one of my favorite songs. Mm. And middle of that song, I have no memory. Um, And I don't know how long I was out, but I did black out in the middle of that song. Mm -hmm. Um, And then what I woke up to the next morning um, was um, a a boy was on top of me having sex with me on a bed and there was condoms everywhere. Um, And I realized that I had been I had been raped multiple times mm-hmm. at that party I was given GHB in my in my cup and so um, I woke up convinced a stranger to uh, drive me home um, and I get home um, and never to discuss it ever again so you experience another sexual trauma yeah. by multiple men and yep. not just one night but a few hour period if that hours i i don't even know because it was at night time right. and i didn't wake up until the next morning right and you didn't tell anybody no i went to a party i chose that so i just want to that's what i was pause there mm-hmm. even though we're talking about your story i want to pause there now right now where you're at in your journey what would you say to a young girl or a woman that has experienced either a rape yeah or multiple rapes yeah what would you say to them as far as them not wanting to tell anyone or what they do with what that does to you um, I would say um, I had the same exact reasons for not saying anything. I believed that it was my choice to go to that party, my choice to lie, my choice to drink. Um, and so I left and came home believing that that was my consequence to mm-hmm what I did what I know and what the truth is and what what I yes what I know the truth is is that 
um, I didn't ask for that. Um, in no way, fashion, I didn't want it. Um, mm. That was, it is not my sin to carry because it was a sin committed against me. Now, there is a truth that I know now that I have done, and that was ask for forgiveness to my Heavenly Father for making the choices that I did mm-hmm. to lie to my parents, to drink underage. That, absolutely. Right. And I have not only asked for forgiveness, but I received forgiveness. That was my part. Right. That was my part. That was your part. But you, and just to be clear on this, you didn't deserve that because you chose to drink. That wasn't, it wasn't because I did A, I get B. It's not a math equation. It is not a math equation. From the the enemy it is, but it is not a math equation. It is not, that is not. The truth. It's not the truth. It's not fair. You weren't wearing too short of shorts or too low cut of a top to even if i was i wasn't but even if i was mm-hmm. still did not ask for that correct did not deserve it and let me just be very clear uh whether you have found yourself in bed naked because you think that you're ready to do something and you say that you're and not you say no that you're not then then that, you're not then you're not right and that is unjust unfair and not your fault in my case i was drugged right there was no consent right there was never a consent right um and so uh that's yeah so on the topic of sex and the promiscuity that came into play with the after effects yeah and i can only imagine that this only made it worse because it's like, well, it's already happened now. So like, it is what it is. Right. There was no value on my part to, uh, that I had any value attached to, to sex my because, virginity right, or sex. Because it had been taken from it's you. It's been taken right. from me. It has been shown that it's not valued. I have right. only been shown that over and over again right. that it wasn't something that i was supposed to value it was a, it was a something i was supposed or, to give right in order for attention by any man it, it, whatever attention it was that i had to lead with that and i didn't and it wasn't even my choice right whether i got to give it or not right it was an expectation right it was in a sense a curse to me to be born female okay um because i i just thought if I didn't have these parts, then I maybe it could have a chance for right. someone to love me, the inside of me. But that girl just didn't get to come out. Right. Yeah. So staying on that topic, and I'm gonna lo- I'm gonna use choice loosely only because you know when you bring in the complexities of the traumas, like you said, it it's a choice, but it's not a choice. The promiscuity was entered in from the traumas but when was the first time you know you had the rapes when was the first time that you chose to have sex and what was that experience like and what did it bring about actually choosing to do it even even if you didn't really 
want to and you felt like it was something you had to do, but you still chose to do it? What What I was did. that like? Well, um, I thought because I had weighed it, mm-hmm. I thought because I had waited some magical time right. that uh, the, the outcome was going to be different. Um, so that just, again, I'm just going from relationship to relationship and I'm just, I'm looking for something that is, um, is not there because I believe that sex has to be part of the equation eventually. Right. Cause it's been, it's what you've been taught. And, and every time that I had sex, it just covered up my identity more and more. Uh, it just put me who I was on the inside that I was desperately trying to show somebody. Uh, it just put me back further and further away because it was just leading with just this body right. and how I was you know, performing or acting or dressing or how I looked. It, right. was, it was all just outward stuff. And did it tend to bring... Um hurtful emotions up to the surface even though it was something that you were choosing to do based on what you've gone through at this point i mean it's just so disappointing because i never met anybody that didn't have that expectation Mm -hmm. yeah and for the next seven eight nine ten you know five years this is this is my life uh, jumping from one relationship um, and then ultimately experiencing more trauma um, right. out of the promiscuity. So let's pause there for a second. Let's talk about some of the other non-physical pieces. Let's talk about some of the emotional pieces. All of these traumas up into this point, and now you're a teenager and you're moving into your early adulthood. Um, what were some of the other effects did you experience depression, yes. anxiety, yep. suicidal thoughts? Sure. What were some of the mental, emotional, I mean, you were even experiencing spiritual things, whether you were saved at that point or you weren't, but it, this was all coming up to the surface. So what were some of those other effects besides the, the promiscuity and the physical effects of the childhood traumas and the sexual traumas? So yes, yeah, so um, it I I one hundred was one hundred percent experiencing depression um, because I was walking in so much guilt, so much shame, and um, it just a constant trauma to trauma, uh, always reacting and responding to traumas, um, never never having really. Um, time to develop myself uh i only have it out of the lens of of just my just everything that i have been taught at that point um and so um another thing that came out of that other than just the emotional um crisis that i was in inside i I was just so tormented um, cause I had this one person that wanted to be one way and I had this other person that did not die because I didn't know she, you know, I thought this is what she had to do. And, right. Um, just a shell of a person really. It was, um, out of that, I, I ended up having two abortions, um, which fed even more guilt, more shame, shame. regret, 
and then ultimately coming up with a mentality that says, I can't trust anyone. And so I was on a mission to get people before they got me. Mm. So I would, I would go out, I would date you for a little bit, but I would uh, turn it and be cold mm. uh, and leave before they even had a chance right, to leave. Right. And somehow create this persona that I was just cold as ice. I didn't feel, um, I just stuffed it all away. And again, that's, your, that's the shell part it is and a not shell. The, is a who shell. God created you to right. be part. I'm going, I, I close my eyes at night. I have post-traumatic racing thoughts in my head at night. I am overly controlling about certain things in my life because I'm making vows in my life that says I'll never let a man hurt me. I'll never let a man abuse me. I will never be in poverty again. I will never go without something to eat. I, you know, I'm What about the vows of, would you ever make vows kind of on the opposite spectrum so that you weren't hurt of, I will never let a man fully love me or I will never love a man? That's right. Like, did you make any of those vows? I had hoped to love a man, but um, I I just didn't know how that was ever going to be Mm -hmm. because also what I saw in the mirror was a very broken, damaged girl right i was a mask Mm -hmm. i was a fraud of how i was on the inside it did not match on the outside Outside. i was a complete fraud and um the pretending life um the what i thought was protecting me um was so damaging my thought process and pushing people away, not getting close right. enough to anybody to now, let them in to hurt me. At this time, had you seen any doctors? Were you um, receiving medication yet or not yet? Not yet. Okay. I, I did have, uh, I did, um, I didn't attempt suicide. It was very bizarre. I called, I, I wanted to get away from my life. And so I called um, a hospital that I knew took kids. I researched right. it from the yellow pages. Um, and I found, um, and I called and pretended I was my mom, that I had a suicidal teenager. What was my steps? So I sat my parents down and I said, um, I need to go to the hospital. I'm suicidal and you need to check me in. And I thought, finally, I'm going to get help. And so I go there and, you know, they, I did try medications and, um, well, and you probably tell them a little bit of, of what you've gone through and yeah. they're probably like, Oh yeah. We didn't even have to get to the suicide wow. attempt, which there was not one by the way, right? because my sister had committed suicide. So I have seen that those effects, but I, right. I wanted help so bad. I didn't know how to get help. Right. Um, and so without saying if it, I wasn't believed before with abuse. Right. So to say that was the option to get help, I thought I better say something really extreme that they have no choice but, but to, to get me help. You. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to do a good job of summarizing and and this is not to do any type of disservice to your story, but it's just because I want to stay with the topic that we're currently discussing. But you end up getting pregnant and you have two abortions. 
and you also, your father gets sick and you really become his caretaker in the end days of his life and you you know, are driving him to doctor's offices and, and he ends up getting cancer yes. and ultimately he passes away and you're able to get the best relationship you could have with him here on earth, you have with him at the end yes. of his life. Yes. And then, and I'm just kind of fast forwarding here, but then we get to your early 20s and you become pregnant. Mm -hmm. And again, we're, we're talking through some of your promiscuity and stuff like that. And you go into the abortion, you convince your mom to take you who yeah. ended up, she, she, had turned her life around and yes and so she did not want to do that no but you end up convincing her to take you to an abortion clinic to get an abortion and tell me what happens you go to get an abortion and you come out and what had happened well uh so we walk in and you should know she's crying and praying the whole time i praying i didn't know she was right but i walked into the abortion clinic she sat down in the lobby i went back um, to get a sonogram to confirm how far along I was. And I was um, six weeks further along than I thought I was. Mm -hmm. And so um, when the technician asked me, don't you feel that? I thought she was talking about the wand that was on my stomach. I said, well, of course I do. <laughs> and she goes, no, 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 the pregnancy because remember, they're very careful about their yes. words. Um, and I said, no, why would I? I'm only, this is what I thought I was. And she says, no, you're this. And I was like, all right, well, thank you so much. Good night. And I get up. Right. I walk out to the lobby. I look at my mom and I said, let's go. And she goes, what's happening? We get into the car and I said, I'm having a baby and I'm taking this money that was given to me for an abortion and we're gonna go eat Cracker Barrel and go buy me some maternity clothes. And I, I moved mm -hmm. in with her that night and um, had my my uh, my oldest daughter. And I really look at that when, when you begin to tell your story and I know I've heard a much larger portion than our viewers will hear, but it almost when you look at it from the outside looking in is is a spiritual shift that really started to happen in your life at that at that moment because at the time you couldn't legally if i'm correct me if i'm wrong you couldn't legally get an abortion with how far along you were or i could you, have you could, but, but I you had, had to, to go, go somewhere, somewhere else. else yes so it was really this start to a spiritual shifting in your mm -hmm. life so before we wrap up, because we're gonna continue this conversation, we're actually gonna begin to talk about your adulthood yes. and um, and where you're at currently yeah. and, you're, and some of the things that, um, you know, if you've experienced any of these types of trauma that you can begin to do as far as healing is concerned, some resources. So we're gonna get into those details. But before we do, as we're wrapping up, I want you to just tell me, you know, for someone that has experienced the ripples of any type of trauma, uh, specifically with what we're talking about, molestation from family members, molestation from others, uh, rape, and and they have begun the uh, promiscuity and some of those more sexual leaning um, actions, if you will, what would be something that you tell them uh, that you can encourage them 
to lean on as far as truth is concerned and you know kind of like you know we've talked about before some of the things that you do with work is really hoping and praying and god using you to where these women or young girls won't have to go through the all, all the ripple afters That's we right. can you know really uh lean on the lord in the very beginning so that we can change some of those trajectories yes so what would you say to some of those women or young girls that are listening that have experienced some of these traumas um to help them begin to change their trajectory yes um well i would say that long ago before you were an adult or maybe a mom or maybe even a wife um there was a little girl who had um and and still does have a destiny Mm. um and mine was mine was shifted um and that you have a purpose in this life and it's not just to respond to sin mm. um, that it's never too late mm. um, and that it does not matter how you were raised but it matters how you were made mm. but also how you were remade mm. and god if you let him can restore every bit of it every piece of your image every single piece to that very moment where he was knitting you together mm. in your mother's womb so perfectly I love that. Yeah. So we're going to end with the scripture. And this is one of the ones that you've given me that is near and dear to your heart. And that is Psalm 147.3. And I'm reading the amplified version. And it says, he heals the brokenhearted and he binds up their wounds, healing their pain and comforting their sorrow, which I, I love that's in parentheses, healing their pain and comforting their sorrow. And so I think that's so beautiful for someone that's potentially beginning to walk through this or has walked through it, um, that he is there and he wants to heal the broken heartedness in that person. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Now What with Kristen Comstock. Be sure to turn on your notifications so you don't miss the next episode. See you next time.